And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. As I record this episode, we're in the middle of some really tough economic times. There's a recession and inflation is at an all-time high. But here on the podcast, we're all about spreading positivity. Today, we're going to offer some advice to help you beat inflation. I want to introduce my friend, Sarah, and we're going to discuss inflation busting through relocation. Sarah, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Tony. It's great to be here. Well, before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself so we can get to know you better? Okay, great. Well, I am someone who has moved a lot of times. Um, I consider myself an American transplant. So I've grown up in large cities all over the country and overseas in London. And it was four years ago that I actually transitioned from city living to small town living. I was so grateful after the pandemic hit to have made this transition because life was so much easier. I didn't realize how improved my quality of life would be living somewhere that was more economically balanced. So I started researching more small and mid-sized towns across the country and decided having a real estate background, um, I decided to guide other people throughout the United States who are wanting to make that transition because of what's been happening the past few years into smaller town living. That's fascinating. I mean, I love the idea of smaller town living. I have lived in big city. I was born in New York City, Brooklyn, actually. We relocated when I was a child to Rochester, New York, which I wouldn't really consider it a small town. It's more of a, it's a semi large city, I guess, here in New York, but small town living. It reminds me of watching the old television show and you can catch this on reruns, usually on the classic TV channels or on Hulu or one of those places, um, the Andy Griffith show with uh, Mayberry and that Mayberry small town feel. And uh, yeah, it did feel that life is so much easier and things were definitely more economically balanced in some of the small towns. So what got you into uh, this idea of uh, American transplant and helping other people to make that transition? Well, inflation, it's been a huge thing, especially even in the last year. And when I look at what I used to pay in rent, and Atlanta was the last big city I lived in, and what people are paying in rent in big cities across the country, I started thinking, how are people who have changed careers, transitioned to remote work, who maybe haven't increased their income 
at the same pace as inflation, how are they managing these huge increases in rent? I mean, I think it's up to about $4,000 in places like Atlanta for a normal sized apartment monthly. And I thought, you know, I'm so fortunate because I was able to transition into remote work right at the time when inflation was taking off. And I am in a situation where my total monthly expenses are less than the cost of rent in big cities. And I've got such a passion for learning, especially about different areas. I've been to all 50 states myself. And so I just started writing articles about these different places. I just finished a series of 10 cost-efficient towns in America to relocate to. And I thought, how cool would it be to help people who are relocating find out about these places? So that's the first step is identifying the right place for whoever I work with and then helping foster them into a more balanced lifestyle that will allow them to grow because I've, I've experienced that growth in my situation. How do you define like that more balanced lifestyle and what's important to you about that? Previously, in when I would live in big cities, my lifestyle was very fast paced. I was very much in the rat race, keeping up with the Joneses, and it was very glamorous, but I was overextended. I was spending too much on the cost of living, and I wasn't actually pursuing my dreams and my passions and my goals. I was just sort of in a glamorous job working eight, 10 hour days, and it just wasn't very fulfilling. So balanced lifestyle to me means, well, I can have more income to work with, to pursue my dreams, my goals, and my passions. And I have more energy and I have more time to do what things that I really want to do. And it's just, it feels like it's easier for me to be a more well person. I have balance in my life. I'm not um, in the rat race anymore. And it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I can see that we're all in that rat race right now. And especially in the larger cities, I can't imagine like $4,000 for rent. I mean, some people don't even make $4,000 a month in the world right now. And to have to pay that in rent and they become overextended. Then you add in that whole aspect of keeping up with the Joneses, trying to have that lifestyle where you are pursuing dreams, passions, and goals. But in doing so, you become overextended and your income actually is not meeting your needs. And then you start using your credit cards to take vacations. I mean, I know people have done that. They've gone out and they've maxed out their credit cards just to take that vacation and to have more time and more energy. And it continues uh, this circular thing where the debt continues to increase and then inflation adds just so much more stress to that. So having a more balanced life and being able to have more spendable income more energy and more time can really help your well-being all around. I mean, 
it's not good for anybody to get those credit card bills when they're overextended like that. And I do know with the price of gasoline, even that it's pretty much gone up. I mean, I can remember back, back before the pandemic when I was paying, and even during that, I was paying like a dollar 86 a gallon for gas. And, you know, now it's close to $4 and it actually went over $4 for a bit, but it's pretty much twice as much and that really hurts a family budget. So if you can use less gas, if you're not driving, and in some of these big cities, the commute is a lot farther, and you're spending a lot more money on gas, and you're spending time in these traffic jams where you're just sitting there, not moving, burning energy. It's kind of like a metaphor for life in those cities. You're standing still, yet you're burning all this energy. So I can definitely identify with what you're saying with a more economically balanced lifestyle. So how do you help someone identify the right place where they should be? So I asked them a series of questions. What sort of weather do you prefer? Are there any areas in the country that you need to be accessible to? What are your lifestyle requirements? Uh, What are your budget goals? Things like that. And then I walk them through the scenario. What would it look like to cut your costs by 20 to 50% on a monthly basis? Because that's true that that you really can't do that. And what would it look like for you if you decreased your hour and a half commute to get in your car and you're 10 minutes away from anywhere you might need to go and anywhere you might need to go is just maybe the grocery store and the dry cleaners or something, you know? So I help them identify where would be best for them based on this series of questions. Say, for instance, you're needing to be within a few hours of New York City and you're moving from New York City and you want somewhere that has beautiful nature, a quiet lifestyle, great local businesses, low cost of living. Well, I might suggest somewhere like Caribou, Maine. You're only a two and a half hour flight from New York City. You are a short drive into Canada. You can go to Nova Scotia or Montreal and you can get maybe you're already working remotely and all of a sudden you've got 50% more income to work with to start a business that you've been wanting to start or something like that. I love that idea. I mean, to have more income and energy and time to have like 20 to 50% more income. Are you really finding like 50% more income in, in some of these smaller communities? Is, is it, that just surprises me that it could be so much. I mean, if you're going from a place where you're spending four, three or $4,000 on rent alone, and you've just decreased your total monthly expenses to less than $3,000 a month, then absolutely. Oh, it, yeah. is, it totally is possible. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about this shift that we've been experiencing in the past few years on a global level is that more and more opportunities are arising for us to enter into the global conversation. So it's not an isolating move for people. One of the things I do is I talk to people about what interests and hobbies they have and help them identify places they can go wherever they're going locally to do whatever it is that they're interested in, like yoga or meditation or painting, something like that. But we also help them get involved in online communities 
where they can engage in conversations that kind of expand their world. So not only are you relocating to expand your economic world, but you're you're expanding your global reach at the same time by stepping into online communities, which are becoming more and more popular, which is how you and I met. Exactly. (laughs) I know it, it is. It's amazing. I've met so many amazing people through online communities and the whole global conversation. The world has really opened up. That's I would say that is the byproduct of the pandemic is we've really opened up that global community. This technology, this, and um, they don't sponsor us here, but Zoom is, uh, you know, we're in a Zoom economy. And how many of us have gone to uh, working remotely? There's so many people out there. What I find that happened is many of these companies, they didn't trust the employees to work remotely, to work from home, because they felt that, oh, the employees will take advantage of us. You know, they're not going to be working. They're going to be out cutting their lawn and uh, doing other things while they're supposed to be working. But what they found and studies have shown this is that the people who worked remotely actually were most of the time more productive. In fact, 20 to 30 percent more productive during the day, sometimes even more. And sometimes they even work longer hours at home because they don't take as many breaks because they're sitting home. I mean, they go down, log on to their computer in their pajamas and start working unless they have to go on to a meeting. And how many people there's stories of people that just throw on like a shirt and tie or or a nice shirt, but yet they got their pajama pants on underneath that because the camera doesn't pick that up. So it's the whole global economy and the whole uh, virtual world has really opened up opportunities. So as you said, they could move up to like Caribou, Maine, but yet still work in New York City because they're working remotely. And with all the money that they save, if maybe a couple of times a year they have to you know, go in back to the big city, it's only a few hours to get there. So it's not that big of a deal. And they could probably do that, you know, three, four times a year without any problem and still save a ton of money. So I think that's a wonderful idea. I mean, just being able to save that much and, you know, finding a community, I think that would probably be the the funnest part, but yet the most challenging, right? Finding the right community for you. And you said you you've done it yourself. I found it amazing earlier. I I wanted to touch on this before. You've been to actually all 50 states? Yes, I have. Yes. That is amazing. Now, there's got to be a story behind that. Oh, wow. Well, let me think. I guess the longest road trip I did by myself was from San Diego, California, where I was living at the time, to Jackson, Mississippi, all the way there, all the way back by myself. By yourself? By myself. And I had, of course family and friends all along the way. So I would drive a whole day and then stay with family or friends in Texas, New Mexico, Louisiana. But I've also done, like I drove from Atlanta to Boost Bay Harbor in Maine. Okay. Once that was fun. And then I moved at one point from Spokane, Washington to Baltimore, Maryland and did that drive. So I don't count visiting a state if I don't at least stop, get out of the car or the airport or whatever, go have a meal, talk to some locals, grab a cup of coffee. You've got to at least do that. So I, and then I've gone on, uh, you know, different 
trips like a ski trip in Utah. Utah, yeah. I think, is the most beautiful state. I've heard that. I've never been out there before. I've, well, I've been to Oregon because my sister lived out there for a while. She was a realtor out in Oregon before uh, she passed away. But other than that, I've never been to California, Washington, Utah, Las Vegas, any of those places. So I, I need to get out west. I've been through a lot of places on the East Coast. Uh, the last trip, the longest trip that I did last, <clears throat> actually early this year, was I drove to from Rochester again, where I live, to uh, Texas, so like d- the Dallas area in Texas, made it in in two days. Basically, drove from Rochester down into St. Louis, and spent mm-hmm. the morning in St. Louis. Went up in the famous Arch there, mm-hmm. and then got back on the road and drove right straight through to uh, Dallas. Stopped at a couple places along the way. <laughs> there was a place in oh, I'm trying to remember what state it was. Uh, I think it's Missouri. But we drove through this place called Uranus, Missouri, like the planet Uranus. But they had this place and (laughs) I just found it hysterical. It was called the Uranus Fudge Factory. That is so funny. I mean, yeah, and it's on this, uh, the famous Route 66, which is something Mm -hmm. that I've always wanted to do, drive Route 66 through the country. But yeah, there are so many things to see in so many places. And when you find something when you go into one of these places and just it really resonates with you and you just feel that connection that's really what gets you excited absolutely you know you mentioned uh missouri i love cycling riding bicycles mountain biking or just regular on the road and you know every summer across the state of iowa there's a huge bike ride tons of people get together and just bicycle across the state The last time I was in St. Louis, I did an impromptu thing. I I don't know if I would recommend this, but I learned about biking trail called the Katy Trail. And it actually goes from St. Louis, Missouri, all the way across the state to Kansas City. Wow. I decided I wanted to see how far I could get in 24 hours on that trail. So I went to Walmart, bought a bicycle, strapped my suitcase on the back of it, and got on the trail and I biked probably about 40 miles to Jefferson City and then uh, took a cab the rest of the way. But Missouri is beautiful. People, a lot of people probably don't know how beautiful and fun it can be. Yeah, they think about some of the bigger cities there, like St. Louis, for example. But yeah, there's a lot of things. I found that about Michigan. I was up in Michigan a few years ago and I went up to a, it's called Mackinac Island. And uh, just beautiful area up there. And when you think of Michigan, you think of like Flint, Michigan, where they have all the trouble with the water or Detroit, where they have like a lot of the crime. But you don't think about some of the more beautiful wooded areas. And just it's just really, really beautiful and a lot of waterfront. It's the same thing in New York, really. When I say I'm from New York, everyone, what do they think of? They think of New York City. And again, I'm a fan of New York City. I love New York because that's that's my hometown. But I was just up this past weekend up in the Adirondacks doing some hiking. And it is beautiful up there. It's just, it's amazing. There's nothing more rewarding than to climb a mountain. And when you get to the top and you get to the summit and you look out and you see that view, it's, it makes all the work to get up there all worthwhile. But I'm going to transition because we've kind of gone a little bit off the topic. Uh, you had mentioned 
of the 10 cost-effective towns in America. What would be some of the most cost-effective towns? And tell us a little bit more about what you found out and how much you could save by moving to one of these communities. Okay, well, Grand Rapids, Michigan, that's on the list. The last one I did, Huntsville, Alabama, you can actually save 13% on the cost of living in Huntsville, Alabama. Now, are you factoring in even if you were to purchase property? Because I know you were talking about rents and rent being so much money. But if someone actually wanted to uh, purchase uh, a property down there, I know, for example, a lot of New Yorkers moved out of New York and they moved down to the Carolinas because the property, even though the properties actually cost more, the taxes were so much lower that it made it worthwhile. For example, let's say you're paying, I don't know, your let's say your your property taxes are are $6,000 a year up here in New York. So if there's $6,000 a year, you you divide that up. That's that's an additional what? $6,000 divided by 12 would be it's like $500, right? So that's $500 more added to what your mortgage payment. So if your mortgage payment is 2000 or 2500 for your principal and interest, let's say it's 2000. Now you're paying 2500, but if you move to a place where the taxes are only $1200 a year, now you're only paying $100. So you can actually buy a lot more house, a much more expensive property when you move to a place where the taxes aren't as high. So a lot of New Yorkers took that journey down into the Carolinas and uh, the cost of living was definitely a lot lower. I've seen it firsthand. It's funny. I went to a place called Asheville, North Carolina. I don't know if that's on your list, but I found that to be full of New Yorkers. I went to an Italian restaurant down there and actually got a really good Italian meal, found out that the people who were running the restaurant actually used to live in New Jersey right outside of New York and had a restaurant there and they moved down to Asheville because the cost of living was so much cheaper. So that is definitely a great way to beat the high costs right now and inflation in general. Absolutely. Asheville is beautiful. I love Asheville. It's not on my list because it's actually a little more expensive than some of the places I cover. But if we're in the Carolinas, Chester, South Carolina is on my list. And the median home price is currently $189,500 in Chester. And not only do I look at the cost of living in these places, but I look at the economic growth. Like what are the job growth projections over the next decade? And it's, they're all over 25%. So Chester's great because there's a few big companies that are expanding and growing into the area, like the Giddy or Giddy Tire Company is building a plant there. And also uh, there's a wine, a winery, E&J Gallo Winery. Oh, that sounds good. Sign yeah. me up for that. I know, right? So they're building a new distribution facility there. And it's only an hour drive from Charlotte, North Carolina. That's great. So you're not far from the more thriving cities, if you like that environment. And it's just amazing. So you've worked with people along this journey. Tell me some of your biggest success stories in helping people, you know, to do this uh, and to make this relocation. I know you did it yourself and you have had great success. 
you said you were able to take all of your entire expenses and make that even less than what you were paying in rent before you left, which I think that's pretty amazing. But what about some of the people that you've worked with? I worked with a couple that lived in Chicago for over 25 years. And their situation was they were just transitioning into retirement and they couldn't keep up with inflation in Chicago, but they wanted to still be in a similar area so that they could get to Chicago to visit friends. So I actually, well, we collaboratively came up with Richmond, Indiana, which is not too far from Chicago. Yep. And I was able to introduce them to the right professionals. I introduced them to a real estate agent. They actually bought a house and helped them get a mortgage lender and all that good stuff and got them situated with their hobby, their interest. They needed somewhere to be able to engage in their practice. So I made those connections and then I curated a list of professionals that they would need. They're holistic. So they needed access to holistic pharmacy and providers. And I made those introductions and I check in with them every once in a while. The cost of living in Richmond is 18% lower than the national average. And the median home price is $272,501. So how long does it take usually to find the right community and to make a move like this? On average, 45 days. Wow. I know I would have thought it would have taken longer, but uh, I know the whole real estate market is is pretty hot right now. Although the only thing that's going on now is the interest rates have been going up and up and up. So that's something probably to factor in. If somebody wants to sell their, their house and move and buy another one, they're going to probably end up paying a lot more in interest. But maybe that's a good opportunity for them to rent because I would think that if I was going to make a move like this and I'm interested in hearing what your experience has been, let's say, for example, I decided to move from Rochester and I found a community, say, down in Florida someplace on the coast. I was just down in in West Palm. In fact, I'm going back there in November of 2022. I wasn't there in November of 2021 for a Tony Robbins event down there and really loved it down there. But I know West Palm probably has a very high cost of living because it's a very uppity community. But there's probably towns down there that are close by and they're fairly inexpensive. So if I were to make that move, I would think that what I would do would be to uh, find a property to rent down there just to kind of give it a test drive. You know, as, as you say, you don't go in and you don't buy a car before you drive it. Usually you want to test drive it. Absolutely. And I do recommend that strategy for people, especially like, for instance, I'll work with a lot of single remote workers that don't have families like a girl I worked with, she moved out of Washington, D.C. because she was never home. She would travel a lot since she could work from anywhere in the world. And she was like, well, why am I paying $3,500 in rent for a place that I'm never at? So I I helped her move and, and I got her connected with a property manager who got her into a rental home. And that is definitely more of a viable option. 
for a lot oh, of yeah. people, especially right now as the market is balancing out. But for you, I would recommend Stewart, Florida. Okay. Stewart, Florida. Have you heard now, of it? No, I've never heard of it. So where exactly is Stewart, Florida? So Stewart is a small retirement community in Florida's Treasure Coast. Okay. Have you heard of that? Not by name. No, I've, I have I know like a lot of the cities down there because I've been down there, but uh, I've never actually heard the term Treasure Coast. So they're just north of Palm City. In yep. And I, I know where that is. Yep. And the cost of living is 6% below the national average. Well, that's promising right there. So I'll have to look that up. Stewart, Florida. I will definitely, after we get off the podcast today, I'll look that up and check that out because I'm going to be down there, like I said. Now, last year I drove to Florida from Rochester, but uh, this year I'm going to fly down there just to make things easier and be able to spend a little bit more time down there. I I definitely need a, a bit of a vacation. But I know Florida is definitely a thriving state right now. A lot of people are going there because they're, they're one of the few states right now with a a tremendous economy and it's a very booming oh and no income tax in florida so absolutely no yeah. income tax is definitely a plus for sure no state income tax you still have to pay the federal unfortunately yeah i know taxes is something definitely to consider a lot of states don't have the income tax some states don't even have any kind of sales tax so it's really you know it's a lot of research so you do all the research and find the community that best suits that person's lifestyle and really identifying the right place to go. And they can definitely escape that rat race and start pursuing those dreams, those passions, those goals, those things in life that they really want. I just love the idea. And it's a great way, that whole idea of inflation busting through relocation. I never would have thought of it until we had that discussion a while back. And I said, I've got to have you on the podcast to discuss this. You know, before we go, I'm just curious, because I always like to learn more about uh, the, the people who I have on the show. I think people listening will find it interesting. But now you're doing this now. You, you mentioned you were in real estate. So I'm curious about what other careers you've done. And then also, when you were a little girl, what you like to do and what you thought you'd be doing. <laughs> oh, that one's easy. Since I was eight years old, I only wanted to do one thing. I wanted to fly airplanes. Fly airplanes? And that's have... not at all what I ended up doing. Yeah, I love, love airplanes, aircrafts, rocket ships. I, I recently found out that the largest space museum in the world is in Huntsville, Alabama. So now I, I got to go check it out. But yes, I wanted to be a pilot. That did not happen. And the only other career I've had is real estate. I've been in, on the property management side. And then I've also sold new home development projects. Wow. So you've gotten from real estate to uh, the love for airplanes. We have a great place you'll have to visit sometime in Geneseo, New York. That's a small community. You might want to look that up, Geneseo. It's a very small town. It's south of Rochester. So it's kind of between Rochester, Buffalo, and Syracuse are fairly close. And in Geneseo, every year they have uh, historical planes and they have an air show with all these old planes. We're talking like the old biplanes from the days of past the Wright brothers. And they have the old World War II planes. And they even have a museum down nearby called the Glenn Curtis Museum. And in upstate New York, in the same area, 
there are all kinds of wineries in the Finger Lakes region. So you can actually go out, you can look at all these airplanes, you can go out and do wine tasting, and it's just a really lovely place. Sometimes I think we forget the resources that we have in the areas that we live. We get so hung up in the rat race, like you said, and we don't take the time to enjoy where we are living. That's something that I think would help to identify the right place where somebody wants to live. So you never got to fly airplanes? You never Have you ever been up in anything smaller than like a commercial jet? I did get about 20 flight hours. So I've flown a Cessna 152, a Cessna 175, or 195 and a Cessna 172. So I've flown a few aircrafts, but just never became a pilot. But I mean, I would love to go flying again. And it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. One of those hobbies that I want to pursue. So that sounds amazing. And uh, yeah. I used to love watching the Blue Angels. Oh, yeah. I love the Blue Angels. Yeah, It's amazing. I, I've never um, had an opportunity to go up in one of those. I've heard that's definitely an experience. Some of my friends used to work in the news business, and I've known a few people who have had the opportunity to go up and fly with them. And it's just, it's pretty intense. Um, a lot of times they actually pass out in the plane when they get up to a certain velocity. So it's, it's pretty fascinating. So here we go. ADD boy here. <laughs> This is I call myself, had a squirrel moment. We transitioned uh, from inflation busting to airplane uh, talk. But yeah, I, I love planes. I, I've always thought that that would be an interesting career to be a pilot. Uh, who knows? Never give up on your dreams. That's what I tell all of my clients. I say, if you have a dream, you know, you have to go for it. And even if it's just something that you want to do for fun, but I could definitely see you doing that even for fun. Uh, it would be interesting to fly small planes and take people on sightseeing tours. That would be kind of a fun job. That would be cool. So what's the best place to live when it comes to the housing market in general? transitioning back into the real estate idea. You've mentioned a few places, but where do you think you would find the most cost effective when it comes to housing? For example, to buy, let's say an 1800 or 2200 square foot home, something like an average size home. I know up here in Rochester, we used to have a very cost effective market, but uh, over the last few years, the market has just gone crazy. I, all the prices have been going skyrocketing through the roof. And I hear stories of people who I, I can't believe how much money people are spending on, on housing right now. Wow. And then you add the taxes on top of it. I mean, I've talked to people who've bought houses and they're tax payment alone is higher than, than my actual mortgage payment, my combined mortgage. It's pretty interesting. But are there communities, small towns where uh, where you can really uh, get the best bang for your buck when it comes to housing? So I can't give you just one, the best city for, for housing costs. Of the, the 10 that I have showcase so far, they're all good options. And it, okay. it really just depends on the individual. What is their preference? Do you want to be in the South and the Pacific Northwest or the East or Midwest? But the 10 places for this year that I've picked where you can get a nice 2000 square foot house, typically for under $200,000 would be Grand Rapids, Michigan, Richmond, Indiana, Little Rock, Arkansas, Caribou, Maine, Yakima, Washington, 
Huntsville, Alabama, Georgetown, Texas, Chester, South Carolina, Stewart, Florida, and Newark, Ohio. What was the last one? Newark, Ohio. So that one experiencing so much growth because Intel is building a $20 billion chip factory in Newark. Wow. So there's definitely growth potential because I'll bet those properties, when this industry comes into that area, uh, everything's going to increase. So it might be a, a good investment there as well. Sarah, this has been so much fun today discussing this and you know going off on our little squirrel moments about airplanes and other things. <laughs> but if people wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way to do that? So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at American Transplant. You can visit my blog, americantransplant.me or reach me by email, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at americantransplant.me. Awesome. Well, I hope people reach out to you and at least inquire about what they could do to bust their inflation and uh, consider that relocation in their future. It's also a great adventure, I think, whenever you do something like that. And I think we need more adventure in our lives today. So speaking of adventure, I'm going to transition into the question that I ask every guest on the show. And that is simply, what does being purposely positive mean to you? Well, being purposely positive to me, it makes me think of my personal quote. My, my personal statement is, we should all aspire to live in our carefully found personal brilliance. So oh, I love that's it. That's what it means to me. Carefully found personal brilliance. Oh, mm-hmm. now is that uh, something that you created or is it from someone else? Nope, it's from me. That's from you. Well, that is awesome. I love that quote. Sarah, this has been great. And I will definitely be in touch with you. And I'd love to hear more about your adventures. And if you ever get up in one of those planes, that would be fun. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you know, you might be out there complaining about inflation right now and wanting to bust it. And I would consider relocating. But if you can't do that right now, you can still get your life together. Come to TonyWCoaching.com and download a free resource, my ebook, Strive to Thrive, and it will help you in the direction of a purposely positive life.